Welcome to another Enchilada Casserole podcast. Mm. <laughs> How's it taste today? I don't know you taught me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I felt like the that's um, supposed to mean like the um. I'm kind of sleepy, but I'm waking up mm-hmm. at the end of taxi when I'm taxi's ending. Uh-huh. Night Mister or whatever. Uh, uh. That should be opening song, the taxi one. What's the name of the jazz guy who plays a song? Bob J- James. Bob, Bob James. James. He played electric piano. It was great. It was popular back then. Mm-hmm. I love electric piano, by the way. He's got a great album, a couple great albums um, from around that time. And it all sounds like the taxi theme, but it's very relaxing, very nice. It's good. As music. a little kid, when listening to that, the, the beginning of the song, it made me feel good. Another 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 thing, um, watching it from the beginning, you know, the beginning of Taxi, the the song, made me want to go to New York and get a job. Doing oh yeah, it. you, you have a feeling like I should be there. Yeah, I felt that way from a, a like give as me the a kid, give yeah. me the goosebumps like <laughs> when at the beginning, like when they're going over the bridge. I said, man, I have to go there. I gotta be there one day. Yeah, gotta get that taste, and I did go many times. I lived there. Yeah, I always wanted to be somewhere else, either New York or L.A. I just knew it as a kid. I wanted to live there, and I've lived in both places. I prefer L.A. Just because I fucking hate the winter. I hate snow and cold. I hate being shivery into my bones, you know, like deep into the core of my body, not being able to warm up. I've been to places where um, it sucks. I'm in my hotel room. I don't. They were picking me up to go to, to do the show, and um, when I was in Kansas. It was like a negative one, negative two. In Garden City. No, in um, Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City. When you just did that, uh huh. And I'm going out out of the hotel room. I'm warm, and as soon as I hit the the cold air, my bones know, and my oh, whole yeah. body starts shivering. Man, I couldn't stand it toward the end of, I guess like the last four, maybe five years of living in New York. I just couldn't stand the winter and how it made my face feel like it was going to break halfway through the day. Like, because I walked to work, which is like a 10 minute walk, 15 minute walk. It's not bad. It's a great little walk when it was nice. But the cold just whips around the corners and just hits you in the face. And uh, I really felt like my face was cracking most of the time. Yeah, a little flute there. And the piano comes in. Felipe's crying right now. 
A single tear came down. <laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> the song theme is, the, the the name of the song is Angela. Yeah. It's it's called Angela from Taxi. I don't know what that called that. Yeah. It's, I don't even know the flute. Well, the electric piano's underneath there, but that's what he's known for. This song just has a flute on there. That might even be a piccolo. Electric organ just comes in smooth, unwavered, you know, just... Like Stevie, Wonder, Stevie, Wonder played, um, Stevie Wonder played electric piano sometimes, too. It was good. Very funky. If you guys don't, if you guys could just see me right now, my whole arm has goosebumps. <laughs> it takes me back when I was a little kid, and my mom wasn't home, and nobody was home, and then this old ass show shows up that nobody watches that I know. Yeah, only one friend watched it, and there was a guy named Bobo, Oscar, Oscar Jaramillo. That fool was telling me that I gotta go, I gotta watch Taxi. And Taxi would come out at 11, I think. Yeah, those were the repeats, yeah. Yes, it would come out about after. Taxi was replaced later on by Cheers as a... as A, a late night uh, syndicated show, yeah. Never got into it till later on as an adult. When I was watching, um, I got cable for the first time. I was living in um, Atwater with uh, my son's mom and Philip, And we had cable. And that didn't work. And... They would go to work and go to school, and I would stay up till three thirty in the morning. Cause three thirty in the morning, taxi will come on 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 um, TV Land. No, actually, at two thirty in the morning, taxi will play on TV Land at two thirty in the morning, and then at three o'clock, White Shadow. <laughs> I love White, White Shadow. Shadow at three o'clock in the morning, every Monday through Friday. And I will go to sleep at four in the morning, and everybody yeah. will have a life. What time did you get up? Twelve. <sighs> the day is gone by twelve, man. <laughs> I need to get up at six, six thirty these days to get anything done before like the shit hits the fan. Because <laughs> around eleven, twelve o'clock, that's when things get started. And, you know, people start calling, things start happening, and then I gotta like take care of little things, and my whole day is over. I get up early. If I have to do stuff like go to an audition or do radio or the radio or the call time for the TV show is six thirty, then a day I'm gonna be there at six. Those are the only time that I really go to sleep early. You really? Wow. You still don't go to sleep early though. You hush. <laughs> you don't. Hate <laughs> <laughs> when you do that. I don't know why I do that, man. I taxi. Uh, I remember. I didn't get into it until that one episode that everybody knows because my mom was crying, laughing. That's, that one made me cry too. Wait, which one? You don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I know it's always talking about higher, lower. No. Faster, slower. Oh, slow. Yeah, the, the, um, when, um, the, DMV, the DMV, the driving test that Jim you know, has um, to take. 
that you, episode. That episode is hilarious. They didn't it's know, like a classic, but. Because they were helping Jim get his tax, his driver license, right? Yeah, and he just wasn't a very good student anymore, you know, after all those years of. I love Jim's character. Did. Me too. It's my favorite. Because he's really uh, an intelligent man, but he got hooked up in drugs, but and he doesn't, he doesn't really remember how smart he is. But every once in a while, so he surprises you. But when he surprises you, you want to cry. <laughs> like, I know. Like when, when, he, he, when he goes to that blind date. Not a blind date, but he goes to that art gallery party with um the woman. I forgot her name. Oh, I don't. Elaine? Uh, Elaine, yes. That's her uh, name? Mary Lou Henner. Yeah, that's Elaine. her, her mm-hmm. name is Elaine in that show. Elaine Nardo. Elaine Nardo. And um, they're having a good time. And then all of a sudden... Jim, like, he, he wasn't talking to nobody. He goes to a piano and starts playing classical music yeah. and everybody gets around him. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that came from. She, she, <laughs> started using, she started using him for to more parties. Yeah, like he was But a then he role. snaps and he couldn't remember how to play or he goes back to being Jim. Well, because of the pressure. The pressure. Yeah, that's why he quit in the first place. That's what it went back to. I thought you were going to say my favorite episode that's not on... Um, on the on Hulu, probably my favorite taxi episode of all time. There's two of them, but my this one is the one where where Jim met his father already, but he hadn't seen him his oh, father. Yeah. The second time he's seen his father, he's dead. Yeah, and um, after the 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 funeral, I don't think he goes to the funeral. He don't want to go. Just a, it affects him too much. So all they did was send him a box. Of all his dad's stuff. And then he finds out that his dad was proud of him the whole time. And you just want to cry, man. <laughs> oh, man. Makes me sad thinking about it right now. Because he finds out that his father was his biggest fan all this whole time. Man. Yeah. And um, he didn't want to tell him because he wanted Jim to be successful. But um, there's a quote of Jim's father. It's hard to say. A big coat. And he puts it on top of the couch. He takes out a cassette. And it's, um, um, you are the apple of my life, Stevie Wonder. And he lays his, um, his father's um, suit on the couch. And he sits on the other side. And he goes, Dad. I didn't know you liked Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Just perfect ending. Like, he don't have to say nothing, nothing. But Jim is so smart that, that it just starts off in the conversation. Like, Dad, didn't know you liked Stevie Wonder. Or, Dad likes Stevie Wonder. It's also a perfect way to, like, it's like he, he was telling cut away him, from the drama. His that dad he was feeling, telling him, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, that was fucking sad. I yeah, I like that on one. That one. <laughs> I know, I but that it. was not on Hulu because of the song. Oh, yeah. The rights. Oh, really? The copyrights. Because Hulu has to get a second right. A second right, Because they're yes. broadcast. Fuck. Oh, so that's one of those things I didn't realize that a lot of the good episodes with a good song. Because that one, like, that pretty much the song sold a scene on that one. Sure. And that was before videos. Yeah. Before putting a song in, like, before putting a hit song to tell a story. Yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah, that was sad. 
Yeah, I was. I like the one. Uh, I, I would just say in that one episode is what made me watch it because as a kid, I didn't get into it until my mom was dying laughing that one at that one episode. Like she was crying, <laughs> her tears running down her face, and so I was sat down and watched it with her. And we we're both like, ha 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 ha, you know. I didn't really get what I was laughing at at the time because, you know, I was young. I was like, like sixteen, huh? No. <laughs> I was like six or something like that. Oh, but, you know, close. it's like when Isaac sits with us, you know, yeah, and he laughs, but he's not really sure what he's laughing at. But he likes laughing with the family, you know, and then now he gets it all. So it, that's that's how I got into the show was just sitting with my mom and watching. But I love the one that was. Um, but that episode is really funny with the DMV because they they're trying to coach him through an answer. And he says, uh what does a yellow light mean? Slow they, down. They all go, slow down. What does a yellow light mean? And then like a couple more people, slow down. What does a yellow... It's hilarious, but it, it's just a really funny episode. But my favorite one is the one where he goes... Gets an apartment, a really nice apartment. Remember, like Jim has a little bit of money from yeah. his last month's rent or whatever. He's getting kicked out of his apartment, but he's got like a deposit coming back to him. He's got like, you know, a few yeah. thousand dollars. But he uses it all for one month of rent at this place. He doesn't realize this is going to, the rent's going to keep, he's going to have to keep paying rent yeah. each month at this level, at this rate. And it's like, you know, $5,000 a month or 10000 whatever it must have been back then. For this cush apartment, and everybody comes over like, "Oh my God, Jim, this is a great apartment." But. Another one thing I noticed, even back then, because that's another episode where um, Danny DeVito he wants to impress somebody, and he's looking to um, Louis, Danny DeVito's character. He was trying to find an apartment, and God damn, even back then they were expensive. Oh, that's when he was going to buy. Yeah, yeah. it was like fifteen hundred a month. Or I don't know how much it was. I think it was like twenty seven, huh? I think it was like around two or three hundred thousand for a um to buy an apartment. Expensive. It was expensive still back then. That's how much but, a, a, a but you know, now it's, over here. Yeah, but now it's million, like huh? a million, yeah. Depending on the neighborhood, but pretty much every neighborhood now is cush. Yeah, like when you watch the 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 old shows of New York City, like shows that are based in New York from the late eighties. Like um, the Odd Couple from the sixties, yeah, and then um, <clears throat> um, all in the family, mm-hmm. and their their house. It's not, like, they they can't afford that house right now. No, it's, it's too expensive. <laughs> it's all gentrified now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost every part of Manhattan now is safe and even has the people. Lots of luxury uh, luxury apartments, nice stores, and everything. You know, boutiques and like. There's no more like when I when I moved to New York City, it was Alphabet City is where I ended up living between B and C, and then between A and B and uh, on Sixth Street, and that was a shitty neighborhood when I got there in '95. It was awful. I told you the the delivery people, pizza and food, you know, Thai food and stuff. They wouldn't deliver past Avenue B, and I lived between B and C, so that was too far because they would get robbed. And uh, now it's like. You know, parks, nannies walking around, uh, lots of little 
you know, yuppie families and stuff. But every every area of New York is like that now. There's no no rough patches. There's but see also there's no there's not much culture left in in New York City. It's all steel and glass and way modern looking now. You have to go way downtown to get more of the old architecture and stuff. I think um my second episode was the one where Danny DeVito gets the apartment and I don't know if Jim is living with him or or their roommates because they can't afford it or something. But Jim ends up burning down his whole apartment. Oh yeah. And then Danny DeVito's sad because there's nothing he can do about it. And then um he touches one his favorite part of the movie was the favorite part of the hotel was his um his um his little tiny pool table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was um bang pool or pocket pool. Uh, bumper pool. Probably. Bumper pool. Yeah. yeah, it was bumper pool, and it was yeah. burned. And then he grabbed one of the balls that are still hot. <laughs> so this weekend you were in uh, Ontario. Yeah, it sucked. No, just kidding. What are you talking about? It didn't suck. What do you mean? It was good. Sold out six shows. Six sold out shows. What sucked about it? No, nah, I don't know. It's boring in the hotel. No, not boring. Yeah, we actually stayed in the hotel because it's. Even though it's only like a fifty-minute trip, you know, it gets old. It gets old sitting in traffic because the fifty-minute trip turns into two hours on a Friday, and five hours for a rabbit. <laughs> for a rabbit, that's a lifetime. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about that, watching you and the the shoe cleaner guy. Uh, oh in, man, in the mall because. <gasps> Yeah, I got fucked up my shoe, man. <laughs> Felipe stops. Felipe, first of all, takes anybody up on any offer when they come up to him on the street, whether it's handing him a flyer or he will really listen to everybody and take everything that they offer. Won't buy shit, though. <laughs> I but, feel like a challenge, man. But, see, a challenge. but this guy was like high sales pressure tactic. It was four guys trying to get people from every angle at a kiosk in the mall to clean their shoes. It's that place, I'm, hey man, let me, clean, let me clean those shoes, man. Let me clean those shoes. It hey. wasn't a shoe shine. It was like a place that sells, a kiosk they that sell sells soap, shoe cleaner. Basically. Yeah, basically shoe cleaner and brushes. Shoe cleaner and brushes to clean um, your white tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even recommend it for suede because they <laughs> fucked up my Latina suede shoes. Felipe kept saying, uh, this is going to mess up my suede. I want it to be furry still. The guy said, no, no, no. It's going to be fine. Yeah, real fast. This guy cleaning up my my left shoe, which had a little like um, a little sriracha or tapatio stain on it. <laughs> Burrito fell. Just dripped down in my shoe and messed it all up. You know how that goes. It was a really light stain. I didn't want to mess with it till it got serious. <laughs> so the chili stain kept drying up. Every time I looked down, I said, God damn, the chili stain still there. <laughs> so we get to the mall, and the guy goes, want to clean my shoes? I said, nah, to that one guy. Then I said, nah, to the next guy. <laughs> then this guy was pressuring me. Come on, my shoes are dirty. He said that to you? Nah. <laughs> but he started cleaning it. And it's funny, you could see... Um, Lisa in the back of me cringing like, man, how's he going to walk away from this one? For me, a sales pitch, it comes from my mother, but a sales pitch from anybody is too close to me buying something. So I say no to everything. I say no, no, thank you, whatever. I don't even look him in the eye. If somebody comes to my door, 
Jehovah's Witness, whatever it is. No, thank you. Have a great day. Close the door. I end it. I don't give them a chance to stick their foot in the door or, you know, if I'm in the street to give me any sort of words to get in. Uh, you know, because they, they, they just need to get a little, you know, a hook into you with one word or something like that. Or, miss, your hair looks so good today. You know, or, wow, I love that lipstick. And then if you turn and say, oh, thank you, you know, like a normal person, they're going to attack you right there with a sales pitch. And that is too close to me. I can't say no at that point. Once I get sucked in, it's hard for me to back away. I will say no. But it takes a long time because I'm trying to be nice and polite at that point. So I just don't even give them the time of day in the beginning. But you, that that situation did make me cringe because I was just watching you. And I was wondering, like, how is he going to get out of this? This guy is selling me on these on this cleaner, and I'm not even talking to him. I'm waiting for that guy to clean my other shoe. <laughs> Felipe's there getting a shoe cleaning. That's, that's, come you on, took fuck advantage it, clean, of fuck this it, Clean guy. the other shoe, man. <laughs> He cleaned the other shoe. He's talking. Tell us some of the deal. $30 for I'm a I'm asking questions like, oh, man, the last time they messed up my shoes, man. <laughs> they said $30, and I said, man, $20. He's, yeah. <laughs> then he said 30 I said 25 And I just talked with him, man. I'm not going to pay more than 30 I said $125. If you have a set price on your head, you could deal with these guys anywhere, man. You know what you want. He has to be willing to walk away. That's and oh, I could walk the, away from yeah. a stranger. Shit. That's definitely the. I walked see, away. I didn't regret it. I forgot, I forgot how he looked, everything. But see, they're spending. Uh, oh, I gave him $3 off for cleaning my you shoes. You tipped him a little bit, yeah. But it was cheaper than a shoe cleaning. Yes, it was. <laughs> you already worked that out in your head. I saw it. I know how to get my shoes cleaned for under five bucks. <laughs> so Felipe was playing a different game. Yeah, man. He was trying to sell me something. I was trying to get my shoes cleaned for $3. Uh, it was funny though because that tactic of talking to you, spending time shining your shoes or cleaning your shoes or whatever they're doing, that is time invested on your part too as a customer, right? As a consumer. And that in psychology is called the foot in the door technique because they are, it, because of what salesmen used to do in the past, but that's their in with you is you've spent a lot of time with this person. So you, in your head, it takes a, it takes a lot to justify you spending that time, but you are getting something out of it, a shoe cleaning. But most of the time, if you're sitting there and he's doing that, you go, the normal person on the street would go, well, he spent so much time on my shoes and telling me about the product. I, I spent so much time with him. I'm going to go ahead and buy this, this box or whatever. I'm going to buy it. and leave. He, you know. But you had something else in mind, and that's, that's hard. Not everybody has that, that which is why they they make a living selling stuff to people like that. It killed me, though, watching that. Hurt me in my stomach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't get that feeling from anything. They got the idiot. Like, if somebody <laughs> would have told me $25, this is what I would have done. If I was a salesman and I was selling them, I would have said um, 20, $25. It was for 25 right? And he said, nah, man, I can't. It's dirty. All right. Give me a little tip for for shining your shoes. He would have given me the $3. See, he's stupid. He should have gave me for $25 because now the tip was $3. It's like he paid $28. You put in another $2, you still make the sale. He's a fucking idiot. Because the shoe shine was $3. 
right? Well, mm-hmm. the, the Chukli, it was $3 tip. He was trying to sell that shit for 30 mm-hmm. I said 25 I would have given him 25 I already gave him $3. That's 28 bucks. He would have put an extra two. He would have got the sale. That guy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I beat him. Uh, you just have the balls to do that, though. I don't have the balls for it. They used to sell souvenirs at Dodger Stadium. I know. you got to have a thick skin for that. I was, emb- I was embarrassed to do a lot of stuff, but then after a while, man, I started like, man, when there was money behind it, I'll do anything. It's just a watermelons. That's right. With a rotten piece cut off. But that part was cut off. The, the <laughs> most, yeah. But sometimes, like, when I, I, since I was a little kid, like, I'm walking by, and there's a guy with um, a cardboard. What do they call those people that have cardboards in front and in the back? Oh, like a sandwich board, like a, um, oh, I don't know what that's called. Man on the street or whatever. I don't know, street promotion. Yeah. I don't know. Wearing a sandwich board, though. That's what it's called. Those guys at Vegas, man, always get their flyers. Oh, yeah. Those guys those guys have a whole hustle, including a whistle and stuff like that. And the way they pass you the cards sometimes is cool. They don't do that anymore, though. And I think that's why they keep people off the street in Vegas, in addition to routing them through the casinos to make more money. Um, they keep people off the main strip now. And that's where you used to get those little cards and stuff like that. But they've made Vegas more family-oriented, and a lot of families didn't want these business cards with women with stars on their breasts, you know, Damn. handed out <laughs> to, no, before, um, to their kids. When I went to Las street. Vegas the first time, you could walk on the street. Yeah. Well, the main the main oh, yeah. street where um, the luxury is. And Flamingo. Flamingo. And all, New York, New York. You could, you, the only reason to do wait it. Wait a minute. New York, New York? Yeah, New yeah. York, New York. You can walk there, but once you get to the MGM, it turns into a gated community. Mm-hmm. Like it's covered. Like you're you are you are pre- you are prevented from leaving the strip. You have to go through the a- MGM, and from the MGM, you can't just walk on the street. You gotta walk on New York, New York. Yeah, you have to walk through. You gotta cross now. the bridge. You can't walk on the street. Right. Why is that? So it used to, well, they keep you from leaving. No, they're keeping you in the casino. Oh, they don't want you to get hit by a car. Nah, right. I don't think I think that's a, the least of it. But there, I think there are two things. It's a trap, huh? Yeah, it's a trap for the most part. But yeah, it used to be. I remember. Your, I don't know, fourteen years ago, fifteen years ago, I went there, and that's how it was. The only reason they would have catwalks or those little bridges in the in the sky were to cross over. Um, having a lot of people cross over because it's a lot of people from casino to casino. And that's a lot of people to go through and stop traffic or whatever. And yeah, there's a risk of being hit, but I don't think that was their main concern. So they created those first. But now you can't even get off of that because the escalator, the steps used to end right on the sidewalk. And you could just walk down the sidewalk if you wanted, stop by the fountain and look at the fountain at the Bellagio, whatever. And, um, And you could get off on the sidewalk. But now once, I mean, you have to go into the casino to get to the sky bridge or whatever the catwalk so you have to go into the casino or you're already in your casino at your hotel you cross over and then you're in the casino again you got to find your way out but out isn't out out is to another bridge on the you know the same street there's no sidewalk but the hookers figure it out (laughs) hookers always you can't drive though you can't drive and pick them up like in the old days 
they hang out right there by the um by the New York New York pathway. Uh-huh. I remember I saw I saw them. I didn't know they were hookers at first. I thought they were just friendly to me. <laughs> this pretty girl came up to me and goes, Hey, you want a party? And she was showing cleavage and I was like, Party? Nah, I'm good. And then I walked away, went to my room. But they were I didn't know she was a hooker, I thought she was a girl that wants to party. <laughs> but to just hang out there privately, they're, they're all dressed up. Mm-hmm. Just they, they, they're not inside the casino, but they wait by the gate, mm-hmm. slick. And also, you could take them right right up to your room that way. Right up to your room if you're crazy. Yeah. And even the guy selling bottled waters found a little spot right there. Mm-hmm. Saw his his bottled water and still mm-hmm. throw a hustle. <laughs> Yeah, but it's tough to get out on the sidewalk, which it's is tough. why I prefer. You can't go to CVS. Um, yeah, I know. You can't even just go down and get coffee. It becomes a whole like half hour trip. You know, I'd like to go down and get coffee in the morning. Okay. Yes, like when you and I were when we were working back in the days at the Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Even though we were right next to the Planet Hollywood, we couldn't just drive to it. Right. We'd have to get off our our park our, out of the parking structure, and then drive outside by where the AMPM is mm-hmm. because if you go the other way you're stuck you're on stuck traffic. In the whole traffic yeah it's like the left hand side where the hotels are the main entrance is for cruising and the other side is for just going and getting the hell out of there and yeah prefer- yeah this it's weird it feels it does feel like a trap right in there but um that's why I like Fremont Street like I love Fremont Street but you know that's changing too it's, it's going to change the next time we go there huh? boutiques but they they had that uh which was really cool that little um food court thing that they had and and little boutiques that was in those old what do they what do they call it it's um a yard container yard container yard yeah, yeah. that's changing container yard. That's, that's a new thing that's bringing in some hipster life right in that area which used to be nothing remember when we went when we weren't vegan and we went and had that sinaloa style chicken on the other street you know there's oh no my life God, that back was there good. Before we were vegans, we were working in um, plan- I was working at Planet Hollywood, and we wanted to go eat. And um, this comedian uh, that was working there, I forgot his name. Dan Gabriel. No, the black comedian. I was gonna say Carlos Cody. Oh, Diaz Diaz Mackey. Diaz Mackey. I call him Carlos Cody too. Me too. Diaz Mackey. They look alike. They look alike, and they both have Spanish a Spanish name in their name. Yeah, Diaz Mackey. He's a like a local Las Vegas comedian and very funny guy, real cool guy. He's the one that showed us around. He told he knew Vegas back and forth. We told him, bro, we can get some some burritos or something like that. He goes, bro, you got to go to the the Mexican side of the Las Vegas. And what? Well, there's a Mexican side? Yeah, man, over there by Home Depot. And we went to the Home Depot, man. It was like Little Sinaloa Mazatlan. Mm-hmm. All they had was Sinaloa restaurants. And let me tell you, man, if you guys don't know, Pollo Loco comes from Sinaloa. Oh, yeah, El Pollo Loco. So we went to this fake El Pollo Loco restaurant, and all they did was cook chicken there. It was good. Yeah, it's just like real simple chicken simple on the bone. Salsa. On the bone, and then they have salsa, give you some tortillas, and you make your own little taco. It was like they had, it, it was like um, the KFC bucket, but it was all um, <laughs> Sinaloa chicken, Pollo Loco style with tortillas. Yeah. We ate there. They'll serve you a whole chicken, right? Yeah. Like they'll make you, you a whole cut thing. Cut it up right there. And then you just, yeah. That was fun. I bet that's going to disappear one day too. Yeah. I mean, that's what's already happening on Fremont is that um, 
Uh, I think they are starting to build. They're renovating some hotels. They're starting to build some skywalks. They've got that. Uh, they've got almost constant entertainment now. That's that uh, sanctioned. It's not just crazies hanging out down there like it used to be. Like just weirdos trying to get a dollar, you know. But now it's like Venice Beach has become, where it's either a lottery system or you're given a pass to perform on the street. Spray can man. Yeah, whatever you end up you end up doing is your little side job. You're busking. That's what the word is. If you're if you're doing something like that on the street, you're a busker, and that's um, that's cool. That's a cool part of New York City. It's a cool part of Venice Beach. It's a cool part of Fremont Street. But then the, the city steps in and starts to regulate that. And it becomes something else. There's some sad street performers right now, it's man. It's not good anymore. It's not organic anymore. It's chosen by somebody else. You sit, you can sit here for three hours in this spot. And you can sit over here for three hours in this spot and perform. There's some sad street performers over there right now, man. Oh, yeah. Like those guys dressed like Kiss. And oh, they're yeah. wearing tight spandex. And they have no body. <laughs> and um, the Spider-Man with no key, kneecaps. Oh, yeah, the Spider-Man. No, saggy, knee, saggy kneecaps. Yeah, sagging knees. And those two suit. sexy girls that are supposed to be flamingo dancers, but they're not flamingo dancers. Did you get a flamingo costume? Flamenco? Flamingo, right? Flamenco. Flamenco? Yeah. Well, they're all flamingo. Are you talking about the showgirl looking? The showgirl looking girls. Those are different, yeah. Yeah, they're not even um, performers. They're just wearing the showgirl stuff yeah. and they're, they're just taking a photo yeah. with their thongs. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you like. Huh? They're not hookers, though. No. You wish they were. No. <laughs> if I want hookers, I'll go to the one over there I just said by the <laughs> New York. New York. New York. <laughs> Cuz they're not hookers, they just want uh, they're looking for dates and a party. Yeah. So, we haven't done anything since Oxnard, before Oxnard. And uh that we finally had that miscarriage in the Oh yeah, Lisa, we didn't we didn't talk about it last time, but um we mentioned in the uh, just the three of us episode um Lisa we was pregnant again, and it was um, it was man, it was it was a crazy um, miscarriage this time. Yeah, we did mention that it was. Um, we did mention on Angelina Casserole last time that it was just a a placenta and a sac and no fetus, no embryo, and um, so I had to miscarry that thing, all that stuff, and. Uh, and it happened, though, it all went down at one time, pretty much, when we had to drive from L.A. to Oxnard and pick up my son from school on the way there. We had all this stuff to do, and we're in the car. Right before leaving the car, or we're packing everything for Oxnard, right before we leave, it started getting heavy. And uh, everything was just coming out. It was a, It was... And we were driving for, what, 50 minutes, an hour? We had slippers, too. And we had slippers in the back with Isaac. Felipe was driving, and I was having a miscarriage in the front seat. <laughs> Ugh. And then it just continued, you know, that weekend. But pretty much all that. It was crazy, night. man. I don't know what to do. I felt so bad, like, so sad. Like, it was really sad. I was really, I was really like, Really sad, like almost crying inside of, inside my body. I kept looking over, but I was trying to focus on um, on the driving. I kept right. looking, keep looking over at her. Keep looking behind me, the scared rabbit, <laughs> just staring at a backpack, <laughs> like Putty from Seinfeld. And she was just staring. 
Scary. It's so funny. I just kept imitating her face for me. I kept laughing. <laughs> she just stares at the backpack. She was tor- horrified. And she probably could feel what mommy was going through. And it and was, I was crazy. In, I was basically in labor. Like it was. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just driving pain. and looking over there. And Lisa's sitting on these diaper blankets. <laughs> and they're getting all red. I told you not to look. I was trying not to look, but I it, was, it was so the, sad. I should have sat in the back seat. The trunk now. <laughs> but she kept switching and more blood came out she had a blood stain on her, her back my, uh, went my to Starbucks with it my favorite sw- I didn't go to Starbucks I didn't go in anywhere <laughs> once we got to the hotel and I was just like somebody walked behind me and I need to walk, walk up these stairs and then I just I threw all my clothes away like OJ yeah Somebody would have thought that a murder had been committed if they had opened up all that stuff. That's what I thought when I started looking in the trash can. You shouldn't have looked in the trash oh. can. I told you. What are you looking in there for? Somebody was passing off flyers in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a weird miscarriage, though, because for the last, I don't know, three weeks now, it's still like tapering off tapering off like there's still stuff I felt placenta on my penis the other day you did not no, there's kidding. no placenta left all that's gone you're gross that's <laughs> nasty when they went down and you swallowed embryo oh shut up she's like shrimp yeah that's gross you have crossed the line oh that's nasty Gross. Hashtag PMSing. <laughs> PMSing. I don't know why. <laughs> well, really, it was like a massacre, man. Man. I felt so bad. And then um, you, you couldn't do anything. You didn't even go leave the hotel room to I, drive. You didn't, no. leave, you didn't go anywhere. You didn't go to the pool. No. I took, I took like five baths, little short baths to deal with the pain. And then, uh, then it was over that night. Little res- little residual cramping here and there, but the the main part of it was over. That was crazy. And man. I watched forensic files all weekend in the hotel. That was awesome. It was like being a kid, being sick, watching cartoons all day. Forensic files is on a constant marathon. Yes. Just always a marathon, always, right? On a, on headline news. <laughs> headline news or it's strange. I mean, I love it, but just constant, constant. And one rolls into the other, so you don't, dun, have, to- dun, dun, you don't have time to turn the page or turn the channel or leave. That's how TV is now. You don't have time to read who was in it. Yeah. It's like... The credits are happening while the beginning scene, it's like a split screen or whatever they do. They show you the beginning scene to the next one. Before everything will just end, huh? Yeah, it would end. Commercials. Next now, show. Now, <laughs> the show, the movie's ending, and then the other side of the screen, today, and the Dodgers won, and yeah. the, they're showing the news on the other side. Yeah, because that sucks if you're waiting to see your credit on the end of your show, you know, TV show that you're in. But they get pissed, huh? Sure. Story editor didn't make it through. Remember sometimes they would cut, like what they would format a film to show it on TV and then it would speed through really fast <laughs> the credits. And it would be like, I can't see anything. I can't see my name. Uh, do, you know, do people care about that? I think so. You know, especially if it's like one, I don't know, you like to see your name in print. I think everybody likes to see their name like that. 
But I guess if you've seen it once and you know it's there, it's not such a big deal. How what would you what were you feeling when you were in the car going <sighs> through it? It was I was trying to control the pain by just relaxing and you know, mo a little moaning, a little breathing, you know, some deep breathing. It it helped with the uh cramps. So mostly I was just trying to relieve the pain and but part of it was holding back because I felt stuff was gonna just gush out of me, which it did a couple times. Ma'am But I was trying to keep it from you guys, keep the gross part from you guys. But uh, then I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I driving? <laughs> Or I wasn't driving, but why am I, you know, why did it all happen now? I, it was just really more of an inconvenience that day. So. Like, a, like um, as a man, you always want to, like, fix things, you know, or... Yeah assist people but you just don't know how to just let it happen yeah you just feel helpless like you're not doing anything like most men would be like what you want me to do eh i think you felt that way <clears throat> inside and you know we had a you and i had a fight a few or probably a week later i guess a few days later when i was feeling better and then you weren't like getting my hints that you know we could maybe mess around or whatever go cool to have sex up to that <laughs> shit <laughs> well i know <laughs> I don't mean right after. This was like five days after, six days after. And then... Still in my head. I know it's still in your head. Still looking at diapers. Sorry. What am I supposed to do? I don't have any control over it. My body was flushing everything out. Used to walk around with a wet paint sign. <laughs> Is that really how you think of things? Yeah. Oh, my God. You gotta see stuff like, hey, I'm all dried up. <laughs> I'm not all dried up yet, though. Well, then relax. <laughs> But I'm just telling you, I'm better now. I'm not. I don't have the cramping. Not, not all that stuff is coming out of me anymore. But you know, I'm not fragile. I'm not in a fragile state. You're not going to break me or something. You know? But yeah, I know that it's. You have this other image in your mind. But I, I already. But that makes me feel horrible because I already, I already feel. Like gross and feel bloated and overweight anyway because I've put on weight a little bit of weight both placental weight both pregnancies here not that much like you know eight pounds the first one and probably like eight pounds this one and so I'm working to well I'm not even working to get that off because I'm just eating poorly and not taking care of myself and I haven't worked out and I feel gross and I need to get my life back together. Just stop thinking about pregnancy and whatever. Just let things happen. I don't think about pregnancy. I know you don't, but I've been pregnant twice this year, and that's and I've had to have two miscarriages. So you know, it's it's in my head. I know you don't think about it, but it's not happening in your body. You know. Yeah. You're not living with it every every day. I didn't know. Oh, uh, so Halloween's coming up. Isaac's gonna be, he's obsessed. He's always wants, he always wants to be a scary character. And this year he's gonna be, um. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, Leatherface. Leatherface. Yeah, from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's obsessed with it right now. He knows all the different incarnations of Leatherface, too. There's like Pretty Woman Leatherface back in the 80s where it had a little lipstick on it, too. 
Then there's another one. I don't know. He gave me all these different leather faces. Um, but he he's uh he got his little chainsaw, and the little rubbery uh, apron, and his mask. And what are we gonna be, Don Redcorn and Nancy? No, fear and loathing. What? You're gonna be that guy, the doctor, the professor. Oh, man. Did you say that? Well, we thought about it, but I thought we were going to do John Redcorn. And- I don't know because I have the beer. It's going to look good. Mm. Now, so that means I have to wear a bald wig? <laughs> what? Put, could you, put your hair in a ponytail. <laughs> and that stupid hat? Uh, uh, yeah, all you got to wear the, the stupid hat and the glasses, and that's it. Got to go shopping. The now. long cigar. This weekend. Yeah, I got to find like an old cigarette holder. I need a briefcase and slacks and, no, and a tank top. Hawaiian and I already have the Hawaiian shirt. Oh, yeah, that's right. You got that Magnum PI shirt at the swap meet. That's not even a swap meet. That's a flea market. It could be Billy Jack. It could be that Indian lady. <laughs> nobody <laughs> no nobody would know who we were. I think we just go for the Johnny Redcorn and I'll just, I'll just um, wax my beard. Wax your beard? Make it straighter. Oh, no, we can do um, Fear and Loathing. I think Johnny Redcorn would be better. But they get it, though. Sure. Sure they would. Last, damn, Halloween seemed like five years ago to me <laughs> that I dressed up. The last one when we were, uh, who were we? Oh, Moonrise Kingdom. That's a good movie. We were the we kids be, in um, Moonrise Kingdom last year for Halloween. I could be the, um, we could be um, the same movie again, but different characters. Ooh. Uh, that movie, um, Moonlight Kingdom. Moonrise. Moonrise Kingdom. I could be the old, I could be the, um, the old man that was giving the report with the red beanie. Weather report. Oh. Or life, a, life Aquatic could be that. There's nobody for me to be. Yeah, you could just wear a red beanie and dress like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Dressing like Willem Dafoe. <laughs> we should be Mo- Boondog Saints. Oh my God, that movie sucked. No way. Man, anybody seen Boondog Saints? That movie is a legend. But goddamn, too much Willem Dafoe, huh? Why is it a legend, though? Just because it came out around that time that all those independent movies were coming out? and Not... Th- not that many people are into that movie, though, Boondog Saints, unless you live in Boston. Yeah. Very East Coast. Uh... Yeah. It's nice, though, in Halloween here in L.A., because uh, it's nicer than when I was growing up, because you don't have to wear a, a winter coat over your costume over here. That's what I hated about Winter about uh, Halloween in Ohio or Colorado or New York. You can't. You always have to make sure that your costume can be warm as well. You know, so you can't really be everything you want to be because it's too cold outside at that time. October thirty first, it's it's almost freezing. Remember when we were in Chicago that one weekend and it was the Halloween. You're a Wonder Woman with a coat. It, I was Wonder Woman. I had a big old coat on. I had my jeans over my tights on the way to the club. And then when I, once I got there, I didn't even feel like taking my jeans off. And you know, 
<laughs> showing the costume, I felt like, nah, this is stupid. It's too cold for this outfit. And it, it's too cold. But here in L.A., you can be anything you want. You don't have to wear a coat. But I always hated that because sometimes you'd go up to the, the house and they'd say, oh, what are you? And you'd have to open your coat and show them and then close it back up. And then they'd give you your candy. Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld had a kid's a children's book about Halloween. Uh-huh. About him and Halloween, and one of the characters, he was talking about having um, Halloween in the, where he's from, New York. Mm-hmm. And they show him in, as Superman, and he's wearing a little trench coat mm-hmm. because his mom made him wear a coat. That's funny. It's freezing out there, though. And now, I mean, I don't know, they're in the Midwest, my friends in Ohio and some in Tennessee are talking about um, these stupid clowns that are everywhere. You know, it may or may not be a promotional gimmick for somebody, but it might just be assholes too doing yeah. stuff. But and some people are like, you know, anybody in a clown costume is going to be questioned or whatever. And uh, and then um, they're thinking of canceling trick or treating, you know, over there. But um, then I, I, for, I forgot, I forget this until my friends post stuff about it. But in Ohio, now I don't know if this is the same everywhere, but there's there's Halloween on the 31st, right, every year. But you don't always go trick-or-treating on that night. There's what you call beggar's night. And that could be any time. Usually it's like a Friday, Saturday, Saturday or Sunday. Um it's when the parents, it's basically when they tell the parents, you can take your kids out and go trick-or-treating. It's going to happen at this time. But here in L.A., it's basically, it's on the 31st every time, and it's whenever it starts to get dark, right? Yeah. Until who knows when, until the house is why, done. I don't understand why some white people go trick-or-treating in a, when the sun is out, man. <laughs> Well, some people do that black for people, kids, but... we like going to trick or treating when it's pitch black, <laughs> pitch black. When I see these family members on TV going trick or treating in the daytime, who the fuck? They're fucking it all up. Well, they do it because of the safety of the kids. Some kids, you know, they don't uh, want kids I think to those get hit. Parents are shitty parents that don't want to go out at night. <laughs> take your kids to the mall trick or treating. Anybody who takes their kids out trick or treating in the daytime is a loser. <laughs> You're a horrible parent. Well, it's not day, but it's like five or six. And those kids, when they go back to school, tell you go trick-or-treating at three. Fuck, week. You can't go out that early. They won't give you candy. I've seen kids out that early, man. Well, they might be having a certain time where some of the houses are participating in this earlier. Losers. But, yeah, in, in Ohio, they stagger the... The beggars' nights. So somebody in one neighborhood might Song be having made up. beggars' night on the 29th, and another neighborhood might be having theirs on the 30th. It was rare for beggars' night to actually fall on Halloween. And we always had to find out when it was going to be from the news and the newspapers. That's when beggars' night's going to be, and it's going to be from this time, like 6 to 9 or whatever. Or 5 to 8. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's weird. They stick to tradition out here, and you just wait till it gets dark here, and you go until the house runs out of candy. Did you go out late trick or treating when you were a kid? Like come home late? No, because they won't. Though the houses will stop participating. So I'm saying they would like turn off their lights at nine o'clock or whatever when they were done. Nobody's 
nobody's giving out candy anymore. When I was a kid, we would go, we would go trick or treating. Man, I wouldn't come home till eleven at night or eleven thirty at night. What were you doing? Trick or treating. People would still give you candy at eleven. Some houses, oh, perverts. <laughs> but all my friends and I, we used to go, um, go hang out at Cedar Chavez Avenue on between First and right there. All the kids were all hang out. It was like our Hollywood Boulevard. Uh huh. How old were you? I was 12, 13, 14. And we were, we wouldn't even come home. Plus, there was a lot of other kids bag snatching. Uh-huh. And when you run and you snatch yeah. some kids' bag. Jerks. That shit was fun, man. <laughs> I always heard of that, but no one, I never seen anybody do it. Yeah, we always heard of rumors that it was happening, so we were all scared about it. Then I would hear rumors that somebody put razor blades and apples. Like, why would you buy the whole apple? I was, that was the first thing I would throw away. <laughs> Somebody gives me fruit, trash. <laughs> There's a Simpsons where Bart does that trash, trash. The they will take doing? all my candies inside my bedroom, and I don't put them all on my bed, and I stick it, start taking out all the good ones. <laughs> and then you got to get to them before your brothers get. To I them, will right? take all the Snickers out, all the chocolates, all the gum, and all the cool stuff. Then I'll put all the leftovers in one bag. Then I then I try to then I try to trade the whole bag without my brother looking to see what's inside for <laughs> their bag. Oh, you're so mean. Want to trade the grab bag for your two candies? Yeah. Then then they got Brack candy. All the Brocks. <laughs> that's the worst candy, man. Butterscotch. Yeah, those are gross. The yellow ones sucked. I like the coconut, the pink, white, and brown coconut ones. But that was the only Brock's I liked. And the caramel with the weird white frosting thing in the middle. That was weird. Also, the, the recreation park, the the Hollenbeck, the Aliso Village gym, the Pico Aliso gym, which was the park that we had in the projects, the Pico Aliso recreation park. They would have events for Thanksgiving, for, for um, Halloween. Halloween. They always had like a party. Like a like a spook hunt, not really a haunted house, but just a bunch of games, bobbing for apples. Um, they had a, a contest where they put marshmallows on a string, and then you have to contest to see who eats who eats it first. Mm-hmm. Then um, Pecan Park, which was another four blocks, three two blocks away, had a, more activities. So we have places to go, man. He sure did. We go trick or treating, and then we go to the hit up those two parks. To say hi to our friends or see what pretty girl is dressed up like a cat. <laughs> and then we would go to Cesar Chavez or if, or if you knew, you had a friend who had an older sister that was cool, she would take her to um, Hollywood Boulevard. And that was um, Araceli Vasquez. She would take my friends and my friend's brothers to Hollywood. But I, I never went with him because I wanted to be in a project. We didn't. Um, we didn't go to. Uh, we didn't do anything after beggars' night. After trick or treat was over, trick or treating was over. We just go home, and no, there was nothing for kids to do at all anywhere. <coughs> nothing going on in our neighborhood except trick or treating, and then you go home. That's it. But uh, our neighbors were real strict about stuff like that. Like they, I swear, when we were twelve, maybe thirteen. 
we, my friend and I went trick or treating and after about three houses, four houses, the next house, she goes, the woman goes, you guys are too old to be trick or treating. I'm not giving you candy. She said, no. You break her windows? Or no, turn the water we just on? stood there with our mouths open like, what? I think we were 12, but maybe we looked a little older. But she's like, you guys are too old to be trick-or-treating. Oh, so that lady, lady, fuck you. <laughs> Have a good thing. <laughs> I would have turned her water on or left the gate open or something. I remember being sad. But I, was, I felt like that, too, when uh, I found out for sure that there was no Santa. I felt the same way. Like, my whole childhood fun with this holiday is over. You know, because my mom, she got three presents. She got two. She usually had a few little presents here and there. And then our one big present for that Christmas was from Santa, right? And uh, and we came down, and I think I was 13. And we came to the, you know, we came out of our bedrooms, and we were opening gifts. And I noticed there was no Santa gift for me that year. There was one for Johnny and one for David, and not one for me. And I was like, what? No Santa gift? And I started crying. I started tearing up. My mom said, well, I, didn't, I thought you were too old for a Santa gift. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you know, there's no Santa. And I was like, yeah, but I still want the Santa gift. <laughs> like, I still wanted it. But it was it was sad. I don't know how to tell. So you, you didn't get nothing at all? I, I got a few little things, but I didn't get a big Santa gift that year. You know, like I got maybe some earrings here. I would have never or... spoke to my mom for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, it was like the end of the Santa gifts for me. But, you know, she'll give me a big gift. Nope. You were crying? I was tearing up. I was trying not to cry because she would have said, oh, stop crying. Damn, you got jacked. <gasps> jacked. And then I was like, okay, Christmas sucks now. I never liked those Christmas exchanges with coworkers or family members. Don't involve me, man. I know. I hate that. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure, especially when you have dumb family members that give you a list of what they can get you. Fuck you. I hate that. I hate when people give me a list. Like, give me a fucking list. Uh, you know, it's kind of an insult. If it's a friend who does it, it's like, that's an insult. Like, I'm going to get you a gift because I think this would be great for you. That's the reason to get somebody a gift, not because I have to and select from these things, please. I, it's not the same. It's not giving from your heart. It's not giving because you think this will be perfect for your friend or your loved one. It's giving because you have to and they told you what they want. I don't understand that. One of these girls that used to come to your show, she became a friend of mine, Avelina, remember? Avelina yeah. and Sandra? She was say, saying, oh, my mom got everything on my list or something. Or my mom and my sister got me everything from my list. And I was like, you give your mom and your sister a list? Because she was like 30 at the time. She's like, well, yeah, we all give each other our lists. And then they buy something from that. And then so they know what to get you. And I was like, but I mean, I guess it cuts down on the crappy gifts. You know, people who have no idea what to get you. But then you know what you're getting. And I feel like Christmas should be like a surprise, right? Shouldn't a gift be kind of a surprise? I know, like my fat ass brother, he puts a a gift listing for his birthday too. <laughs> and then Christmas, who's gonna get you that stuff? I know. I remember my friend Robbie. I think he was about twenty five or twenty six. Twenty five, I think. He sent out an email to all his friends about, you know, for his birthday, like what he would love. It was a bunch of CDs and stuff and music. 
And I was like, you're really sending out this list to your friends through email? Like, you're 25. You don't get to make a list of what you want anymore. You're not getting married. You're not getting gifts from people. We didn't do that for our wedding, huh? We asked for no gifts, actually. We asked for donations instead to Homeboy and also to Peace Over Violence. I don't know if anybody made any. I think John, I think my old boss made a donation. Ralphie made made a donation to um, Homeboy. Homeboy. Yeah, I think that was Neil, nice of him. I think Neil Brennan might have too because uh, Sarah asked me for the contact information because he, he couldn't go to the wedding. You was out of town, right? No, I think, I don't know what Neil was doing, but Neil said he he hates weddings, so he doesn't go to weddings. <laughs> Not like it was in a church. But yeah, I don't know how to tell. I don't know what to do with Isaac about this Santa thing because he's going to, I'm sure he fi- has figured out there's no Santa or Santa's not real. But really as of a year ago, he was talking about him like he was real. And I never really wanted to do the whole Santa oh, and thing. And they did the whole Isaac. thing and it housed that um, something angel. Well, they did that elf on a shelf thing. And Isaac noticed that it was fake. Isaac noticed that. but Elf Isaac's, on a shelf, that new shit, huh? But see, Isaac's dad pulled a trick that his parents pulled with him to continue, I think he did that when Isaac was nine or something, to continue the idea that there's a Santa, right? And what he did was he snapped a Polaroid or a picture of Santa, Santa's boot in the fireplace, like going up the yeah. fireplace. And um, and said, look what I, I said. He showed him the next morning and said, look, I caught a photo and Isaac was like, oh, my God. And he came and told me. But I already knew this story because Josh's parents did it to him. You know, they gave him that Polaroid of Santa's boot going up. the. So he did the same thing with Isaac. And I thought, yeah, that's cute. But I feel, I've always felt like Santa's, like, lying to your kids, you know. And I don't like that making up, you know, this character. I guess just to have kids be nice or be good. And, you know, what's the point of Santa? the point of the whole lie yeah you know what i mean it just seems weird and then at that age you're like oh man my parents have been lying to me this whole time about this to me it feels like isaac's gonna be like this whole system's corrupt like he's gonna just have a denouncing christmas (laughs) renouncing christmas i just have a feeling he's gonna feel very violated or that you know how dare you you lied to me this whole time what else are you lying to me about you know I remember um, my Christmas Eve when I was in third or fourth grade, and I was like trying to see if Santa shows up, but we didn't have a chimney. Yeah, we didn't either. I didn't know how Santa was going to get in our house. So um, I was the only one up with a light on. I was watching TV, and it was a good Christmas, even though um, I don't remember the most of the presents that I got. But I remember just sitting there, and I was, I was, I was having um, I don't know what, I think I did have coffee. They made me a coffee. You got a coffee? Yeah, it was cream. It was mostly cream and cookies, and I was eating these um pecan cookies. They were good. They were just pecan cookies. They're supposed to be for Santa, and I had a, a coffee with cream and sugar. That's why you love those coffees and and cookies at night. <laughs> and I was just sitting there waiting, waiting. And then my mom goes, you going to go to sleep? No, I'm just finished eating, didn't watch TV. And it was like already like late. The news had just started, 11 o'clock news. 
Then I was just sitting there. And I went back to went to sleep. But I remember that moment just knowing that if he's gonna show up, he's gonna show up. But I got tired and that was the night that this I knew there was no Santa. But I didn't care. Because the whole You knew vibe, because he never came yeah. or you knew that because he never came. And yeah. you were up the whole time, huh? Yeah, and I didn't hear like anybody else talking. No no one ever said I saw him. Uh-huh. But I kind of knew it then that there was no sense already. I wasn't disappointed because when I I felt the memory of just sitting there with uh, eating drinking coffee yeah. and eating cookies, it was a different feeling. Like, yeah, it was good, man. I never forget it. So that's what you like for Christmas. Yeah. Christmas is tough, though. I don't just know. sitting there I was never... like coffee, and I felt like Chevy Chase when he's like watching those videos. <laughs> Christmas vacation. Christmas is time of the. One of my favorite times, man. Like to get now, Christmas for me now. Like to, to, to have a good time would be, of course, with my wife right here, Aww. and um, getting all the Christmas movies together and watching them. Home Alone. Christmas vacation. Christmas vacation a billion times. Christmas Story. Planes, Trains, Automobiles. You know that's a Thanksgiving movie. Thanksgiving movie. movie. Christmas yeah. Story. Christmas Story all day. You like that 29th Street movie? 29th Street, yeah. What else? Bad Santa. Bad Santa. Good one. Elf. Elf, I love You Elf. love Elf. I love Elf. It's my favorite. <laughs> well, actually, Scrooged is my favorite. <laughs> Scrooge all-time. is good, too. Scrooged is my all-time favorite because I love, I think that's, Bill Murray was at the top of his game right there in that movie. When I was a little kid, um, Family Film Festival with Tom Patton, mm-hmm. they always show, it's like clockwork. Before the Hollywood Christmas Parade starts on KTLA Channel 5, which I miss every year now. I miss it every year. Every year. Before the parade would start, they would always show that cartoon Santa and the Three Bears. You know, we might be able to go to... Um, I don't want to go. The Hollywood Parade this year. Why don't you want to go? I don't like going to the parades, man. What's wrong with you? I don't like going to parades because I just feel like... What's wrong with you? You know what? I don't like going to parades because... I don't like... I like the parade being there, but after the parade, the traffic and getting to your car and all those people, they're dying to get out. There's nowhere to get out. That part I hate. That's why I just don't go. (laughs) We could take the train over there. Take the train, no traffic. Oh man, that that story that Johnny Sanchez said about being at the Christmas parade with his wife, and there's a there was this funny ass cholo bagging on everybody. Oh yeah, and then um, that's how he came up with that cholo character mm-hmm. c- character for Mad TV. Uh-huh. He goes, "Nah, Felipe, this guy was funny, man. Like the police paper. Oh, the police is here. Hey, let me hide. Hey, got warrants. Hey." <laughs> And then Christmas, don't forget, we spent five Christmases together at um, the Laugh Factory. That's true. More than that. Seven or eight, huh? We've only not been going. We didn't One go time. last year. That was the first time we didn't go. And The only reason we didn't go is because the Laugh Factory, we, ha- they have a, we, we, um, we go there and we feed the homeless. We don't really feed the homeless. We just serve them. Yeah, we serve them. Jamie the food. Masada is serving them. He's Jamie, paying for Jamie everything. Paid for the food, yeah. By the way, Jamie Masada, the owner of the Laugh Factory, 
for the last 35 years now. He's been feeding every homeless person in Hollywood on Thanksgiving and Christmas. on Christmas Day. And you don't have to be homeless. You don't have to be homeless because some of the people there are not homeless, like Chuck Bartell. They just have no family in town or whatever, and they want to come here. And there's some homeless people there, too, for sure. But um, some people, you that's a traditional show. Yeah, it's a traditional show. Every Thanksgiving or every Christmas, they'll show up. At Christmas, they give a little gift for the kid. The kids can pick a little gift out there. And then you could see comics, you know, for like, you know, they, you they'll have, do like five or ten minutes each comic. You don't have to and, be a, a homeless person. If you're like, right now, if you ever, ever wanted to show your kids the the other side of life, not the life that they know where every day is, they, they see you guys and you guys feed them and buy them clothes. You, you want to show them the side of people who don't have clothing? Take them to Thanksgiving and take them to the Christmas show at the Laugh Factory. Not only would they watch the other side of how people live who are homeless, but you can see a comedy show. Mm -hmm. You can see your favorite comedian serving food like Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, Dane Cook used to go. I don't know who's on the line right now, but um, or who's who's passing out the food and stuff? But it's all of these comics and people show up. Kevin Nealon showed up a couple of times. Neil John Lovitz, John Lovitz, Tom Arnold, uh, yeah, Paul Tom Gleason, yeah, Tom Dreesen, Tom Dreesen, yeah. Um, Same old. <laughs> and I grew up in a project of Cleveland. <laughs> Arsenio Hall showed up sometimes too. Yeah, Arsenio. A lot of those. A lot of people come and serve, and they have like four servings. On Thanksgiving and four on Christmas, four different show times and serving. So they, Jamie stands there for eight hours. A lot hours. of comedians bomb, by the way, too. <laughs> well, they have to do clean material, and you know, and it's not a full show. You know, they're they're doing a short set, and it's pretty much whoever's hanging around passing out food. They um, they pull them up on stage. I'll show him. Minutes. I'm not coming next year. <laughs> so the reason we didn't go, the reason I didn't go is because. There's like people helping out. There's a lot of volunteers. There's too many volunteers. Now there's too many volunteers. There is too many volunteers. They're trying to get camera time. And then there's people who show up who never perform at the Laugh Factory who yeah. just want to be on on camera time, and um, you know they they want to they want to show their faces. You know a lot of these celebrities they show up now and they want to be in front of the camera and show the world that they have a heart <laughs> for one hour a year. Yeah. A lot of these, I've seen celebrities show up at the Laugh Factory, serve food for five minutes, get on the camera, and then they get the fuck out of there. Yep, they, I won't say they, no names, but they, uh, fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, they don't perform, and they'll just get a little camera time, and then they're out. Out. out and, then they, and then the whole world thinks they were there all day. Yeah. Jim Carrey. No. <laughs> Wearing a hairnet. Wearing a hairnet, getting dirty. <laughs> Bobby Slayton's there every year too. He really gets dirty though. Yeah, and they, his daughter too. They already know who he is. Yeah. Some of these people who come into um, the Laugh Factory to get, get their meals, they know us. Like, they're regulars. Yeah. They're regulars. Like that one woman, Victoria, who I thought was a homeless woman. Right. But she's, this, she lives she's in Irvine. Just disabled. She's and, disabled. Yeah. yeah. She she lives on a fixed income. She lives in Irvine. Was she with her daughter? Yeah. Last time. Victoria. Yeah, she comes up. Um, a lot of people come up. And they remember you. And, um, you know, it's just really cool to see Jamie stand there. Because, you know, Jamie, you wonder if he's got a heart in there sometimes. 
But <laughs> and Jamie, let me tell you something about Jamie Masada. Like a lot of people, like a lot of people, the comedians who are serving food, they're serving food. That's all they're doing is serving food. But Jamie Masada not only is feeding them out of his own money, he's engaging in a conversation with them while they're standing in line. Every single person. Because a lot of these people. Like a lot of, I've seen comics not talk to the homeless people. They just move them on like they're cattle, or yeah. the homeless guy might ask for, I don't like dark meat. Or an extra roll. Or an extra roll. He goes, man, you already got one. And I've seen it done. <laughs> I've seen that. You know, you shouldn't do, and then, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a nice guy. So what Jamie does, he's, he, he, um, he starts coming, like if the homeless guy goes, hey, Jamie, thank you very much. I've been coming here for the last two years. And Jamie gives him a hug. Yeah. God bless you. I love you. I only do it for you, buddy. And he really, honestly, is doing it just for them. Yeah, he makes them, each person who comes to that door, feel like king and queen. And uh, I don't know how he does it. For eight hours, he stands there and does it, you know, each time. And he gives him a plate and whatever. He hooks him up with somebody who can help him. Because a lot of these people, they're going to get a plate of food. But they have their whole life with them. They have their sleeping bag. Sad, they huh? have their possessions. They have a car. That's the they have whatever. I see. And so you got to help them like carry their food because they're... That's what you were doing, huh? You were helping them carry their food because they have bags. They have bags and stuff. And then um, you find them a seat and stuff. But some of these people have their whole possessions with them that day. And you know, and some of them that might be their only hot meal that day. This is what I, what I what I learned a lot from the last years that I've been there helping them serve food is that um, just because they're homeless doesn't mean they're not human, and doesn't mean they're all the same. And they're not the same. All homeless people aren't the same. Mm-mm. Some of them are real neat. They eat neat. Like there's this one homeless guy who doesn't like his food to touch. And um, he lies, He opens up his napkin, and he sits there, and he puts his napkin, and he, he eats his meal like a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And that breaks my heart because these guys shouldn't be here, man. None of these guys should be here, but they're here. Yeah, they come from all walks of life. This last time, or go ahead. And they know that there's food here. Like these homeless people, they don't have no internet. They don't have no computer or social skills. All they have is word of mouth. Yeah, that word of mouth travels. Remember, Lisa, on thanks on Christmas Day, how all these homeless guys were making plans. Well, after this, I'm gonna go over there to the uh, Presbyterian um, church because they're giving out blankets. Yeah, yeah, they knew they knew what was being given out and uh, where they were going to next. But um, it, it's sad. One year there was a family there. It was a mom and a dad and a daughter, and. They had, I guess, left another state and had been in Hollywood for like, I don't know, a couple months, a few months. And they were living out of their car with their daughter who was like 13 years old, you know. I felt so bad for her because she has to go to school and come home and be in this car, you know. And like this is where they ended up. And Jamie made them feel like so special and so, and you could tell this guy was like, he hadn't felt like this in a long time. I'm sad. You are Miss America. <laughs> Jamie's so nice to these. Jamie Masada, the owner of the Laugh Factory, he's so nice to these people that I even joke about it when I'm on stage. Man, Jamie Masada is so nice, man. He helped this homeless lady deliver a baby, and he said the first words of the baby was, Dane Cook, Friday night. <laughs> 
And be, oh, before, okay. after we, we they serve the homeless people of Hollywood five meals, right? Four meals a day. Four yeah. meals a day. And um, Jim Jim Marcella doesn't care if the same person stands in line again. Yeah. Because some of them watched all four shows. Yeah. And before and before we start serving anybody, Jim Marcella gets all the comedians that are going to help all the volunteers, and he tells them, everybody. It's special today. Big smiles from everybody. Big smiles. Big smiles. Everybody kind. Everybody kind. Everybody nice. Yeah, Love him cool. for that. Yeah. That's a good thing. So this Thanksgiving and Christmas, even if you're not there at the Laugh Factory to um, watch the show or to volunteer, it'll be nice if you guys were to tweet to the Laugh Factory in Hollywood and just tell them, thank you, Jamie, for all you do. Yeah. That's it. That's all you got to do. And let me tell you, that thank you is going to go a long way for Jamie and the Laugh Factory. Mm-hmm. So every this Thanksgiving, this Christmas, I know you can't go to the Laugh Factory and help out or volunteer. But um, even if you're passing by, if you want to help out, you can help out by not going inside the Laugh Factory and asking them that you want to help out. But you can stand outside and just help with a line. You could drive uh, some people to. Yeah, the you, you could just if you want. If you know people that need to eat, you could just drop them off and then pick them up afterwards. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, or just stand there in line and talk to them. Let them know who you are. They love meeting new people. Remember that one time I came up with a, I came with all those cap, old Captain Sabo shirts and I gave them all away. We gave away a bunch of uh, shirts. Yeah. And I was th- I thought that they were gonna say no, but they really need shirts. Yeah, they took all the big ones. They wanted the big ones, so probably to sleep in and stuff. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Where you gonna right. be? Uh, let's see. This weekend, you're in Arlington, Virginia, D.C. area. Friday and Saturday, the 14th and 15th of October. Then at, at uh, Arlington Draft House. Also, then- Club Noble. The Novos happened in January 21st. Uh, that's in downtown LA, formerly Club Nokia. So that's his next. January 21st, there are going to be two shows. They go on sale this Friday, the 14th of October. Yeah, man. Also, this Thursday, I'm going to be on the show on NBC Superstore mm-hmm. at um, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. If you're in the East Coast, it's 8 o'clock. If you're in the Central, Eight o'clock your time. If you're in West Coast, eight o'clock your time. <laughs> Thursday, Superstore. Also, you can watch it. Uh, my second episode, which airs November 10 on ABC, NBC. Yeah, probably November 10th. That date probably. could change, but we'll see. And uh, October 21st in San Diego at Humphreys by the Bay. And after that, the 27th through the 30th of October. No, sorry, 27th through 29th, you're in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah at Wise Guys. Wise Guys. And then you're going to be in Bellevue, Washington, which is Seattle, basically, um, the 3rd through the 5th of November at Parlor, Parlor Live. That's it for now. And I'm going to be on Par 106. Sometime this week. Probably. Sometime this week. Probably. All right. In the morning show. Take care. All right. Bye. Enjoy the casserole. <laughs>